Hello, hello. So I was about 20 minutes in to the pod. Um, I had to kind of reset. Honestly, I don't feel the same way that I did 20 minutes ago. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and focus more on a topic that was that I was slowly uncovering in the last take. And, and just so you guys know, I mean, really what, what had happened was you know, I was making some pretty fire analogies. They were really on point. Um, but then the pod was interrupted and I've kind of just come back to it and realized that there were different points that I would like to focus on for today. And um, this episode's going to just be a little bit more concise because it's almost my bedtime. So the, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was the idea of things being good enough to just keep moving on to the next thing. And as someone that was very much a perfectionist or identified with that, it's, I take a lot of pride in being able to have this conversation with you guys, um, being on the other side. What I've learned is that there are different ways that fear will show up in your life. <clears throat> and for me, I used to think that fear was the kind of fear that you see uh, in, a, in a horror movie when someone is in a big house by themselves and it's raining out and they're supposed to be alone. Their parents are out to a movie, but they hear noise coming down from the cellar and they know that there must be someone else with them. And that's really an obvious fear. The other kind of fear that I knew was the fear of heights or the fear of approaching someone when you think that they're really beautiful and they're you know, sitting across from you at a restaurant or at a bar. But I didn't know about this other kind of fear the fear of uncertainty in the long run. And what I mean by that is, as somebody who sets a lot of ambitious long-term goals, I didn't know how easy it was to trick yourself because of fear into thinking that the goal that you were heading towards was something that you never wanted to do in the first place. You, you play a trick on yourself when you get so afraid of what's going to happen that you give up and then you somehow convince yourself that you didn't want it ever the entire time you just didn't want it and i think that that's the kind of fear that can kill dreams because it's so easy to trick yourself into thinking that you didn't want something all along just because it got difficult and so in today's episode, I just wanted to talk about fear and figure out a way that I can share my learnings and my experiences with you in a 
in an approachable and relatable manner. When I was transferring colleges, which I did three times, it was a lofty goal. But what, what is different about applying to colleges versus living in the real world, the working world, is that you get immediate feedback when you apply to colleges. So you have different milestones that are very defined. When you apply to a college, they ask you for certain documents by a certain deadline. Either you submit those documents by that certain deadline, or you are no longer in consideration for a place at that university. So it's a very hard deadline. When you submit those documents by the deadline, those documents are reviewed by their team, you know, the admissions council, whoever they are, the admissions team, and then they will give you an answer back by, you know, a specific date. And that's really helpful for people because it can be very scary to apply to a, a university, especially when it's outside of your comfort zone, when you think that you're, you're not going to get in. But the real work starts when, when you do get into the university and there are expectations on your shoulders and your family, you know, your, your family wants to see you do well. And now, you know, you're at the school and maybe the high has worn off a little bit. You know, in my example, it was, I went to Michigan as my final university. And when you go to Michigan... You are surrounded by very smart, well-rounded people. So it's not like going, you know, in my mind, it's not like going to an Ivy League where you might just be around really smart people. Of course, there's, you know, going to be very social and very competent um, people. But at Michigan, because probably because it's a public school, and even though it's extremely competitive, there just seem to be like more well-rounded students than I would expect to see at a school like UPenn or Harvard. I'm just thinking about that for a second because I just really want to make sure that I stand by that statement before I continue. Okay, so when I say well-rounded, I really just mean like, you know, really smart people that are just like normal people. You know, they're not like prodigies. Maybe they come from like middle-class backgrounds. I know that there is representation at Harvard, but Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Brown, they have like a a stereotype of being like a an Ivy League uh personality, you know, just having a certain mentality that doesn't exist at the University of Michigan, the University of Virginia, what have it, uh, what have you, sorry. But anyway, um, the real work starts when you actually get accepted and the motivation is no longer high. That's when it gets kind of scary. And you do see kids that plummet, um, their grades just spiral out of control and then eventually they leave the university and they go somewhere else or they just don't ever go back to college. And in those cases, 
I would say a lot of the time it's the, it's the pressure, the expectations, the fear that gets the people. And, you know, that's just my own experience. I mean, I was so excited when I got to Michigan. I, I'm very grateful that I went and I'm, I was excited, you know, to, to study because studying is something that I actually do enjoy. But when you're, you know, six months into being in, uni- in, in that university and you don't feel like an imposter anymore and you're not trying to prove to everybody around you that you deserve to be there and you feel like you've just settled in, the, the motivation that you relied on in the beginning is not going to be there to get you through to the end. So you really need to know why you, why it's important that you push yourself and get good grades. And I always tell people when they ask me, you know, how, how to sustain motivation and overcome procrastination, when the motivation's high, write out on a piece of paper why you're doing the thing that you're doing, whatever it is. If your goal is to start a company and you're excited to start a company and you're still in the brainstorming process, think about right now why you want to start a company. Really think about it. For some people, some people, they want to start a company because they have a specific skill set and they think that they would be able to do something really well. Other people start companies because they want to help people. Some do it because they want financial freedom. Others do it because they just want, you know, freedom. Freedom from having an employer. But if you wait until after you've started the company to think about why you wanted to start the company, I think it's easier for you to be further away from the mark, from the real reason that you actually started the company. Um, what, what was at the root of you wanting to start that company? Another thing too is like, you know, this, this, this part is especially relevant to people like me that grew up in lower middle class households. Think about how difficult life was if you grew up in a lower middle class or lower class household. Think about how hard it was to see your parents or your mom. In my case, I, I grew up with a single mom. Think about how difficult it was as a child um, to watch them suffer, you know, going to a job that they didn't like if they had a job. And, um, you know, how difficult that was for you as a kid if you didn't have the things that other people had. To me, there's a lot of advantages uh, that come with, you know, being lesser, lesser, lesser off, less well off. I guess less well off sounds better. There are advantages that come from a place of want and a place of need. Because when you give your brain a challenge and there's an actual need to solve it or a strong motivation, then your brain is going to rise to the occasion and it's going to try to come up with a solution to overcome that problem. But when you are born with a silver spoon in your mouth, which is not a bad thing. And we need to get out of this um, mindset of calling things good or bad because it's lazy um, and it's untrue. I I think 
there is nothing immoral about being born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You can't control before you're born which family you're going to be born into and what your financial situation is going to be. And a lot of people do not question uh, their situation throughout life. You know, the station that they were born in, they just don't question it. A lot of people go throughout their life and that is all that they know and that is just what they have accepted as their fate. So you have a lot of people who don't have money and th- and believe that they will never have money. And you have some people who have a ton of money and think that they will never be poor. Uh, but that's not always the case. Um, you know, in the case of somebody who's born into a very fortunate situation, you know, sometimes you can lose it all and find yourself in a situation that you never expected to be in. And for people who are born, um, you know, not so well off, you can find yourself in a position where you have riches, you know, untold riches that your family has never seen ancestrally throughout your entire bloodline. No one has had money like you. And all it takes is just one person in the family, um, to hit it big, um, to change the entire trajectory of your family. Um, so the reason I bring this up is that, I don't know, I'm just joking, but the reason that I bring this up is that it's very difficult uh, to identify that insidious fear that gets in the way of us accomplishing big things. If you find that you want to accomplish something really big, and you have the motivation to get started on that really big thing, do yourself a favor and take out a piece of paper. I'm old school, so so I still use paper. Take out a piece of paper and write down all the reasons that you want that thing, whatever it is. And then just, you know, keep that in a place that you can easily find it. Preferably keep it on a countertop that you pass So I keep mine on my desk and let's see if I can even find it. (laughs) Sorry, uh, this mic picks up everything. Yeah, so for me, I definitely have like a more comprehensive overview of why I why I'm eventually going to take my side project and make it my full-time hustle but I've written down you know I've worked my goal out my financial goal I've worked it out backwards so I figured out how much it's going to actually take for me to you know exceed this number that I have it's a very large monthly amount that I'm aiming to to achieve um, through my business. And I've just worked it out in a way where I'm you know, able to figure out what every single hour of my work is worth. And it motivates me because sometimes I'll look at this piece of paper, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm having a day where I don't feel as sharp for some reason, I look at this piece of paper and I go, oh yeah, that's right. I took time out of my day to write this stuff down This probably took me 20 minutes. I have all this information here. 
And it reminds me that it was important enough for me to put in the time and energy and that it's important for me now to at least put in a little bit of effort, even if I don't feel like it. And, you know, when it, when it comes to fear in general, it's just important to use common sense. So let's say that you find yourself in a situation where you're doubting whether or not you ever really wanted to be that person or do that thing. You might say, no, you know what? That's a lot of work and I'm actually really comfortable in my job and I make good money. Now I'm not going to start my own business now. It's not the right time. Well, I guess the first question I would ask is, if not now, then when? Are you going to change your mind in five months, in a year? God forbid, in 20 years? Are you going to decide, you know, later on in life that this is actually what you should have done all along and then you're just going to come to regret not making this decision because of fear? So ask yourself, if not now, then when? Because if you can't answer that question, chances are you should be doing it now. And when I say answer the question, I mean like actually answer it honestly. If you say like, no, now is not the right time to start a business, then answer the question. When are you going to start the business? Because what I would say is, if your excuse is that you don't feel like you have the skills or your excuse is that you don't have the degree or the support or whatever it is, it's like, you're going to die one day. And no matter how scary this thing is, it's nowhere near as scary as being dead. I, I can literally swear on that. So is it really that scary? Or are you just making a big problem out of something because you're uncertain and the uncertainty is what's scaring you? And that's okay. If, if that's the case, that is okay. You know, we're all, we're all afraid of stuff. But it's about what we do when we're afraid of it. And you can just use common sense sometimes to work yourself out of a situation because your brain is coming at it from a survival standpoint of trying to prevent change that is threatening its very existence. But if you come at it from a logical standpoint, you can actually sometimes like short circuit um, the emotional response. And I think I might have already mentioned this in a episode in the past. I'm just getting so... Um, prolific with my podcasting. I have so many episodes now that I can't even keep track of what I've said. I have to listen back to all these episodes just so I know what I've already covered. Um, well, I don't remember, but I had a moment uh, about two weeks ago when I was looking at my computer screen in the morning and I was thinking whether or not I actually wanted to get work done. And, uh, and I thought, you know, do I really want to do this? is this side project really worth it? And I looked down at a piece of paper that I had written and it, it had taken me a while. Like I was doing some serious planning and I thought to myself, yeah, obviously, obviously you want to do this. Why are you, why have you spent a, a month already working on this? If you didn't want to do it, why, why do you have this piece of paper in front of you? with all of this information that you researched and all of this work that you've done? Why do you have spreadsheets on, on Google Sheets? Why do you have, you know, all of these bookmarks 
uh, of the competitor research that you've done, the keyword research that you've done, like you're just afraid and that's okay. You can give yourself a hug. It gets scary sometimes, but we got to comfort ourselves. We got to know that we are on the right path. And sometimes it just takes common sense. Just asking yourself, if you didn't really want to do it, then would you have really, you know, dedicated weekend after weekend for a month and a half to do this thing because it just tends to be that our energy goes where our attention goes that's a concept that i i don't know if joe dispenza actually made that like created that um that quote but it's definitely something that i believe and i heard it from him so you know if you look at where your energy went it was probably something that you really wanted to do. So just trust the process. Just accept the fact that like, it's going to be scary sometimes. And if you're starting a business on your own, which I am, I'm not going to have somebody holding my hand all the time. But I'm also not going to have someone holding my hand on my last day, my last moment on earth. Maybe on my last day. Maybe on my last moment. But there's going to come a period of time when even though someone is holding on to my hand, if that happens, like if I, you know, die one day of old age with my family around me, there's still going to come a, a moment when I'm not going to feel their hand on my hand as my soul departs my body and I go wherever souls go. And at that moment, it's just me. And I had a conversation with a uh, prospective client the other day. And one of the things that he had mentioned to me, which I, I really vibe with, I thought that it was um, really keen perception. He said, when I die someday, I'm going to be my own judge. I don't know if there's an afterlife, but I'm going to have to judge the things that I've done. And uh, I, I thought about that for a little while. I really chewed on it. And I agree. I think it's pretty terrifying to, you know, be, to kneel in front of yourself as the judge, jury, and executioner, and to ask yourself, because only you know the answer to these questions, to ask yourself, did I do the things that I set out to do? Did I do them to the best of my ability? Am I satisfied with the result? Would I do it differently if I had a chance to redo it? And, um... To me, you want to be able to look yourself in the eyes. If you're the executioner when you die, you're your own executioner. You want to be able to look yourself in the eyes because you know the truth. And you know that the person who's looking in the eyes knows the truth just like you do. And you want to be able to look them in the eyes and tell them the truth. And I just don't want there to be a time in my life where... I miss out on an opportunity, not because I wasn't ready, because that's almost like, based on my experience in life, that is almost never the case, that you miss out on an opportunity because you're not ready. That's uh, just not how it goes. I think more often than not, you miss out on an opportunity because you just didn't take advantage of the opportunity or you didn't recognize that it was an opportunity, or you let fear get in the way. 
But most people will tell you that they took jobs when they weren't ready and that taking those jobs actually forced them to learn the skills. Because when we take things that we're not ready for, we actually realize that we're never going to be ready for big decisions. Like it's, unless you're, you know, training to go to law school, (laughs) training to go to law school, unless you're studying for the LSAT so that you can get accepted into a law school, or you're studying for the bar exam so that you can practice law, you know, it's not really, or, you know, any, any test like that, it's not like, that's not the norm in life. When your manager comes up to you and they say, hey, just wanted to have a quick chat with you and let you know that Tony is leaving the company. Oh shit, I almost knocked my, my microphone over. I was getting excited about Tony. Um, when your manager lets you know that Tony is leaving the company and Tony was the guy that was ahead of you in the company in terms of you know being one level above you, Tony's leaving the company next month. We're thinking about hiring somebody to be the enterprise account executive. We know that you don't have any enterprise experience, but we're just wondering, is that something that you'd be interested in? Are you going to look at your manager and say, you know, I would love to, I just don't feel like I'm ready. I mean, you could. A lot of people do that. But do you want to be a hero in your own life? Or do you want to be like a supporting cast member who, you know, lives a decent life, but doesn't do anything exciting? Like think about the people who have books written about them or, or movies made about them. You know, they're presented with opportunities and despite the doubt that they feel inside of themselves and the pain at the thought of humiliating themselves, they still step up and they still give the speech. And they still take the risk and they still go after the girl. And they're still able to make something out of nothing because they saw an opportunity and they confronted their fears and they made the most of the situation. So I hope that this was riveting for anybody that was listening today. Um, You know, Joe Rogan said this in a, in a podcast episode. I just saw like a YouTube clip of it, but he said the advice that he, he got when he was younger was to be the hero in his own movie. And I think it's really good advice. I think you should watch it if you get a chance, but just ask yourself, like when you close your eyes and you imagine where your life goes and where it takes you, do you imagine yourself as a hero or a sidekick, or like just some random side character. Not that that's bad, right? Again, I want to kind of get this conversation away from good and bad. I I really do think it's a lazy way of thinking. But is it aligned with what you want? Because there are a lot of people that talk about wanting to be a superhero, a lot of people that talk about wanting to have a successful life and marriage and you know, a beautiful family and a ton of money. Uh, But the minute that you, you know, push them in that direction to actually like follow, (laughs) 
kind of like take their own lead and actually do the thing that they say that they're going to do, then they just shut down and they're like, I don't know, I I don't think I'm ready or I don't want to do that anymore. It's not for me. So is that who you want to be? Because if it is, I've mentioned this in the past, if that is who you want to be, be the fucking best version of that person. If you just want to live a comfortable life and you don't want a boss and you just want to, you know, enjoy the time that you have on this earth and go hiking, figure out a way to do that. You know, you you might need to get a side hustle. You might need to get a part-time job. You might need to get a full-time job. I don't know. But make it happen and just judge yourself by the level of success that you want. Don't judge yourself based on like what other people want and say that you're not successful because you're not successful in their eyes. But if you look at your life and you say, I want to be exceptional, I want to be a superhero, I want to be something, someone, you have no reason at all to shy away from that. It's a responsibility. You you need to step into it and just realize that you're never going to be ready, no matter what you do but you'll get ready over time. You'll develop what it takes. I believe in you. And when you start to believe in yourself, that's when you make real progress. I hope you have a very powerful day ahead of you. I don't know what you're up to today, but take a moment to reflect. Think about why you want the things that you want. Write it down and get after it. It's your boy Macklin. Peace.